Today we had on Victoria Velazquez. She talks about how she went from zero to $71 million in sales in her first five years, the trials and tribulations of a newer agent, the anxiety she felt, how she handles it with due diligence, market research, and why she's sitting neighbor-only open houses. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Victoria, how the heck are (laughs) you? I'm doing great. How was your weekend post forum? Oh my goodness. It was, it was great. It was great. (laughs) Everything's great. Forum was the best. It was really fun. Eric, if you don't know what forum is, it's the big agency (laughs) party. Sorry. I I saw, I saw the stories. It it looked incredible. I was just telling Victoria, it looked like a Coachella rave. Uh, Yeah. But better. Yeah, honestly, one of the wildest parties I've been to and the fact that I was there with like all my colleagues and the owner of the company is just something else. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. Um, but let's well, we're going to talk about the agency, obviously, because you're a part of the agency. But before we get into all this, used to like know each other since like like yeah. preschool or something? Since birth. <laughs> Since birth. This is such a full circle moment. So Eric and I went to high school together. Did we go to middle school together? I don't think so. No. We went to high school together. I'm a couple years older. Then we went to college together. And then he was one of the first people I talked to when I was getting into real estate. I remember like you gave me the lowdown. You were the wise sage wow. in the business. And Eric, here we are. <laughs> It's a blessing you turned out okay in this business. Wow. The fact that you're still around after <laughs> yeah. consulting me. Yeah. I remember yeah, Victoria called me up and we, we got lunch in Santa Monica and I had just switched brokerages and she had just got licensed and was kind of telling me what I thought about the business. I remember being kind of overly cynical and then I felt bad afterwards being like, oh my God, she's not even going to ever want to actually participate in this business. But you always had such a good attitude. Yeah. about real estate sales. So we definitely want to get into kind of your journey uh, as a newer agent. Now you're five years in, I believe, yeah. and kind of like get the lowdown on how it was when you first started and when you're at, where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, when you and I spoke, I was switching careers in my late 20s, which to me was like a very late stage move, right? I felt like I was so behind. I'm very impatient with my ambition and have been my whole life and career. So I was like, I need to make things happen fast. And that's just kind of my general approach in this business. So I first, after talking to you, you gave me some advice. You were very anti-team, I think, at the time. And I remember that really resonating. Well, I just had a horrible team experience. Yeah, you had had a bad team experience. But but that actually really (laughs) resonated with me because I was like, look, I'm leaving whatever career. So many people get into this business because we want independence. We want autonomy. We don't want someone to be telling us what to do. And I was like, 100%. So why would I go you know, work for someone or be in that kind of environment? And it was actually really helpful. And so I ended up joining a brokerage by myself. But what I quickly realized was I needed mentorship. I definitely needed some guidance along the way as capable as I was, like there was just no way I didn't have a big network as much as you and I went to college here, but I didn't really connect, stay connected with that group so much. So I was like, I need to build connections. I need someone to tell me what to do. There's zero training in this business. Right. And so I, 
after a couple of months of being with this brokerage, I was like, I need to figure something out. And then I sort of started exploring and ended up joining a team, which is really what, what did What did you do in those first two months? Like, I remember we went on Caravan yeah. maybe once. Yeah. I don't even want to say a couple of times because that was probably the only time I actually went on Caravan. <laughs> but uh, what were you doing in those first two months to kind of learn the market and figure out like what sort of style of lead gen that you were actually going to participate in? Yeah, well, I was very diligent. I mean, I would show up to the office every day at 8 a.m. Between 8 and 9, I would work until 4 or 5, and then I would go to my second job, which was paying my bills in the evening. And I was very consistent about being in the office. I've never been shy about asking for help, asking questions. And that's like one of my superpowers, I think, at this point. But I just got to know everyone in the office. And within a couple of weeks, one of the older agents got a lead that was way outside his market for like a condo. And he was like, help me with it. I'll refer half of it to you. And I was like, great. And then I kind of got a few people here or there, very piecemeal, who sort of like took me under their wing. I think they saw that I was super nice, super eager, didn't know what I was doing. And so that was my, the early stages, but I realized like it was too slow. I was like, I also wanted to be a top agent and I wanted to be in a luxury price point. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be learning from someone who is doing that. And I didn't really have access to that. And I saw that the top agents in our office just didn't have time to mentor me for free. So I was like, I need to either be an assistant or put myself on a team where I can get one-on-one -on -one access to that agent who's invested in my success. So how did you choose your brokerage starting out? I interviewed like eight or nine. I'm really crazy. And I just was like, I wanted someone who was a good fit. I wanted, I wanted to see what kind of training and not, most of them don't do training. Even if they say they're going to train you, they don't really do it. But I ended up really connecting with the broker I chose. He was super intelligent. He had, he was a real estate attorney turned agent slash managing broker. I just connected with him the best. And he actually introduced me to a young agent at that brokerage who was similar stage as me, but like a few months ahead. And I went out to lunch with him and he just spoke so highly of the brokerage. And to this day, I'm really good friends with him. And it's funny, his career has mimicked mine in the, in the sense that we've both been able to build some traction. So yeah, I just resonated with him the most. I mean, some of the brokers I met with were horrific, you know? And that's how I, I went about it. I also wanted to be in a very specific luxury market. When you say you would get to the office at 8 or 9 a.m. and then work till like 4 or 5, what the hell were you doing? I remember doing that same thing also. Oh, my God. And I, I would go, like I'd walk to where I compass office. It was within walking distance. And I'd sit there and I'd feel good about myself because I was there early. And I'd like get coffee mm -hmm. and I'd kind of talk to people. And I'd open up my computer. I wouldn't know what the hell to do. Like I would click around the MLS and like try to learn certain areas but yeah. other than that, I used to like, do that too in the yeah. office. It was, I'd yeah. do everything I would have to do in 30 minutes. Oh yeah. And I, I, just... One minute of work. It was like, <laughs> get the hot sheet, like drink coffee <laughs> and kind of like check in with people a little bit and be like, Hey, do you need help with anything? Like what, what were you doing for those? Yeah, hours? I mean, it was something along those lines. I honestly couldn't even tell you. And it's funny. I remember when I finally got my first escrow, it was so all consuming. Like I couldn't do anything else. Like it was so focus on that. And now I could do like seven or eight escrows at once and not even blink. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I was doing, but I think I realized I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I'm spinning my wheels. I don't have anyone to tell me what I'm doing. Like, this is not productive. And as a month or two passed, I was like, I can't let another year pass. Like I'm 30 years old. Like I need to figure this shit out, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so walk us through this a bit. 
you get into the industry, you get the worst advice right off the bat from, from Eric. <laughs> you go, don't you don't join you, a team, just head to your office and you, sit there. Exactly. You interview eight or nine brokerages. <laughs> you, you land on your brokerage, you go against his advice and do join a team. Congratulations. That was the right move. After one um, month. So, yeah. <laughs> Victoria must have been so like, wow. He's like, he's completely wrong. Um, <laughs> no, it one wasn't month in. <laughs> So uh, you, you do all that. When do you start picking up a little bit of traction? I mean, not for a while. So what happened was at that point, I knew I needed help, but I was going to be very selective because of the things that Eric and I had discussed. I was like, I, it needs to be the right fit. I'm not going to just go on a team and just do busy work. I like know I'm very capable. I just need to be put in the right situation. So I reached out to a contact I had met just like on Caravan. She wasn't an agent. She was on the escrow side and she kind of knew better the agents. It wasn't smoke and mirror. She was like, I know this incredible team that's looking for people. I know people on the team that are killing it. And so she had really good advice. So she was like, you should talk to him. At first I was like, no, no, no. Then finally like a couple of weeks passed and I was like, okay, I'm talking to him. So I ended up connecting with my former team leader and I was very clear and upfront about what I wanted. I was like, I don't, you know, I want to be able to do listings and represent buyers. I want to act essentially as an independent agent, but I want the, the support of a team. I want mentorship. I want to be able to like glom onto you, a top producing agent and get as much out of it. But I assure you, I will give you value in return. And he just happened. I got very lucky. He happened to be that person who also was really open to mentorship and had the time and liked it. Like he didn't see it as a waste of his time to spend hours with me explaining things, which I think is very unique, not because people don't want to do it, but because people are just too busy, but he could, he just loved working. Like the guy works insane hours. So he would be happy to sit down with me for an hour. And I just literally became his like shadow and spent probably 30 hours a week with him that first year where I only did I think I did two transactions my first year, my first calendar year. And I was able to kind of double every year until, you know, doing over 71 million last year. And I'm on track to do more than that this year. So Damn. it built over time. Yeah. Jeez, you doubled, then you started like quadrupling or something. Yeah. And what was, <laughs> so. what was really key is from the beginning, he gave Quite me access, <laughs> he gave me access to high price point deals. I knew I couldn't do those on my own and I didn't want to start, you know, I wanted to shorten the, the growth between the lower price point. You know, I, I was fortunate. My first deal was like three, $3 million, which is really lucky. And then I, you know, that kind of got me into that price point and I grew from there. Uh, but I knew I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. So but go for it, Eric. That that first deal, three million, that's obviously I mean, for most people listening, the average price point is probably four hundred, five hundred thousand. I just kind of made that up, but it sounds right based off of yeah, the world, <laughs> the country. Yeah. I don't know, whatever the, the average list price is. Like, what were your nerves like during that? I remember my first oh, escrow, yeah. I was like you said, utterly consumed by it. Every question that came into me. I would ask my mentor that same question immediately. So there wasn't a response that was ever actually coming from my mouth, basically, right? Because I was like, I don't want to direct them in the wrong way. This person has way more experience than me. I want to ask him, how do I respond to this? What's the answer to this? Like, I, I didn't know the answers to any question. Like, did you yeah. have this guy like 
in your pocket to help you craft these emails and everything? How nervous were you? Like walk us through that. I was super nervous. I'm really good at hiding it. Like inside I was freaking out and on my own time, I was like, you know, like couldn't do anything, couldn't focus on anything in front of the client. I think I present much differently, luckily, but yes, I didn't know anything. I was so nervous. I ordered when I ordered inspections, I got so confused that I ended up ordering two general inspections. The guys showed up to the house at the same time and they're like prominent inspectors. And they were like, what? And my client is sitting there as these inspectors pull up together. And they're like, we're both here for the same thing. It was the most mortifying moment. And I remember my client asking me, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, oh, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> what happened when the inspector showed up? Like, did you kick one of them out or they? Yeah, luckily the one of them was like, I'm going to go. I think he was pissed. But to this day, he's like the inspector I use on all my properties. I actually should talk to him about this because I don't think we've talked about it um, in a long time. But it's a funny story. But yeah, everything was super stressful. But because I had that extreme discomfort, I was like, I need to figure this out. So I knowledge is my confidence. I've always been that way. I'm not someone, I think certain people are better at faking it and just kind of being off the cuff. And there's agents who really don't get in the weeds. I'm the agent that gets in the weeds. Like I want to know everything. And so I would call escrow every single day and I'd be like, where are we at? What do you need? They'd be like, we need this. I'm like, can you explain to me what that is? Cause I have no idea what that is. Right. And I just went above and beyond trying to gather information from every source, from the lender, from escrow, from title, Um, and I think it really has served me to this day because I'm very diligent. Now I know I feel so confident, you know, but at that point, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I was always one to try and be like, I knew I had to be like quick because I didn't have any knowledge of anything ever. I do an open house and didn't even know the age of the house. Yeah. Like (laughs) I was so confused. Like I, people would just tell me to sit and open. So I, I didn't yeah. think people were actually going to come like talk to me. I thought they just walked through. Yeah. And like, I was like mortified once they were like, yeah, how old is it? And I was like, I, I would throw a number then, out there. Well, I would throw a number out. This was my trick. Okay. I don't know why I didn't just like learn the, for the next time, but I would just always like, <laughs> it took me like a good year and I would sit open houses, but they'd be like, how old is the house? I'd be like, yeah, I was built in 89. And just like, that was my number to go to. That's insane. <laughs> and then, you just and had then, the same number. What if yeah, it was yeah. new construction? Yeah, well, I Those knew that. I knew to be in the 2000s <laughs> for that. But, but then I would be like, uh, when they'd come back down, I'd look it up. And then when they come back down, I'd be like, so sorry. I've shown like about 10 properties today. And uh, the last one I showed was, was 89. This is actually 2003. <laughs> 89. <laughs> I mean, great. that's actually smart, you know, to be like, sorry, I've shown a lot of houses. Well, yeah. it's even because like, even when I would look it up, I would get so nervous that I'd forget everything. Yeah. And then I didn't want to look at my sheet. So then I would say something and that was my number that I always had. And then, uh, I always yeah. thought there was like five things about the house I had to know. It was like the age of the house, the bedroom bath count, the school district, and yeah. then like why the owner was selling or something like that. So yeah. I always tried to memorize like five things or if there were any updates on the property. Yeah. And, For us, it's always furnace and AC. Yeah. And that's basically all I would know. I would like look at the agent detail report and just try to hammer those home and pray to God that someone asked me something that was within the line of those five questions. But Victoria, that's really smart what you did about calling the lender, calling escrow. I remember calling escrow too and just asking them what they needed. They thought I was insane because, you know, there's like periods of time where they don't need anything. Stop calling (laughs) us. What do you mean? And um, 
having that knowledge is so important at the beginning because otherwise you are kind of just guessing. You're just oh, BSing with everybody. Yeah. And you like, that's what I was just so nervous about was just like, are, are these people or my clients going to know that I don't know the answer to this? You know, like that was, yeah. that's the number one fear. I think just every showing, every inspection I had that in the back of my mind, like the inspector is going to say something. I'm not going to know what this is. Mm-hmm. And all hell's like, I'm going to get like, just, <laughs> yeah. my head's going to explode or something. No, totally. Yeah. I also think now I'm like so much more confident in being like, you know what? I don't know that, but I'll get back to you. Whereas back then I was like, if I say that they're going to think I'm not able to be an agent, you know? Um, yeah. But I think definitely being like, I will get you the answer. I may not know it off the top of my head. This business is so crazy. There's so many random things that you like are constantly learning about. So are you still on a team now? No. So left the team in May, which was a huge decision. I, to be honest, I thought I was going to be there forever because we had such a unique situation, an incredible relationship with my mentor. But I think life is just life and you grow and you expand and you're sort of like, okay, what's the next challenge? I was starting to feel like I was plateauing a little bit. And so kind of started thinking about it and was like, okay, I'm only going to move if it's like a step up. Right. And there's an agent on that team who has since become one of my best friends. We don't do all of our business together, but we do quite a bit of our business together. A lot of new business, all of our developer businesses together. And so she and I were having these conversations. And so we essentially, our previous team was, I think, number 15 on LA's best or whatever, one of those lists. And we're like, we went through the 14 people above us and we're like, which of these people do we feel like we could really extract mentorship, guidance, value? Again, those same questions I was asking myself five years prior, just at a different level now because we felt like we kind of needed to level up a little bit. We're totally at the stage in our careers where we could be independent, autonomous. We don't need it, but I see so much value in surrounding yourself with people who are doing amazing things that I'm willing to give them some of my money to be around them. Right. So is that why you stopped going on caravan with me? You just knew that I wasn't (laughs) in the top 15. No, Uh, by the way, I want to talk about you guys and broke agent because I have such an interesting thing that I saw at summit, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, so I ended up, we ended up reaching out to some of these agents and talking, having these really, there was really only two that we considered of that group because of culture fit and all of that. And, you know, it just seemed like a really interesting opportunity. So we ended up moving agencies to kind of work more closely with one of those agents. We're definitely not on a formal team, but we do have a working relationship with him that's sort of non-traditional and it's really exciting. So that's when you moved to the agency? Correct. Okay. Can you name any names? Who'd you? Uh, yeah, what's with the no names here? I haven't yeah, heard I know. I, anything. I haven't heard one name here. Yeah. Top so, fifteen. So uh, I, I mean, <laughs> so we previously we were we were with Anthony Margulis at Amalfi Estates, and now who I'm talking about is Santiago Arana at the agency. Oh yeah, the best of the best, Santi. Santi, I love Santi. Friend of the show, not on the show yet, but friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, you uh, got to get him on the show. Oh yeah, he's the best of the best. His yeah. talk at Forum was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's just an incredible human being and we wanted yes. to be around someone like that. My previous mentor is too, you know, so it was just, and they're such different people. I think that was the other thing. We're like, we're ready. We've, not that we've, you know, there's not more to give there, but we were just like so excited to be around someone who does their business totally different. That's the thing about being an agent. Like you can do this so many ways and we just really wanted to get some of his expertise. Let's get into those ways. What ways are you doing this business? How are you lead generating right now? What are you doing to sell over $70 million worth of real estate in the last year? 
Yeah. So I, I have very much focused on, I mean, a lot of referral business and even because we're fortunate to be in a high enough price point where I don't need to do 500 transactions a year, I can really focus on, I have a few clients who have referred me so much business and I nurture those relationships. I mean, those are the most important things, right? So sphere has been huge. I would say it's only about half of my transactions, but it's about 80% of my volume. That's how powerful those referrals are from from past clients from past clients yeah how are you or, or continuing sphere. to nur- how are you continuing to nurture those relationships with your past clients are you doing like popeyes are you yeah calling we, them i mean i just we have what's called like a top 50 list where essentially we have these people on a list and anyone who's on that list we make sure to have like a very intentional connection with them at least once a month I, we love doing these really cool events so like for Valentine's Day last year, we erected a pop-up, a pop-up flower shop in my backyard where we went and got the flower mart to deliver a ton of flowers and everyone could come make a bouquet of flowers for themselves or for their loved one on us. And we had like champagne and, and it was just like this really beautiful, fun event that has absolutely nothing to do with real estate, but it's just like an amazing connection point because I like throwing events. I like giving gifts. Those are things that are very on brand for me. And I try to use these connection points as ways to show my personality outside of the business. You know, I would love to get to the point where I have to do no traditional real estate marketing. There's some really top agents that I admire that do that. But at this point, I'm not there yet. But I think looking at even like what you guys have done, right? And Matt, what you were talking about, your talk just hit such a chord because a few days prior, I had heard the founder of Liquid Death speak. And I don't know if you guys have heard him speak. The, the water company? Yeah, the water company. Okay. But their whole premise, which to me is so similar to what you guys are doing with Broke Agent, is one, it's sort of like when you have a commodity, right? Water is a commodity. Real estate agents are a commodity. When you have a commodity, how do you differentiate and build a brand that is so powerful that people have this really strong brand relationship? Liquid Death has done it by using humor and in a totally different way that's so unexpected but they have built such brand trust with their customer base that he's like we literally they sold out of like a million rings like when would a we would think a water company would sell rings and have it be like this really amazing skew for them right but similar to broke agent it's like it's a non-traditional you wouldn't think making a funny video or something humorous about the shitty parts of being an agent you know, would build your business, but it does because you're building that customer relationship. So I've been trying to think about that more for myself and how I want to really differentiate because the humor maybe isn't so much my thing. I wish I was funnier than I am, but I think I've really found a niche with extreme due diligence and extreme customer service. Like I will go above and beyond. Everyone says they're full service. Like I don't think anyone is probably as full service as me and our team are. Like I literally took a cushion to the tailor last week for my client. You know, we will do anything and go above and beyond. And that's really catered to like, fortunately a high price point client. Um, I am obsessed with design, architecture, interior designers. I have connections to a lot of top interior designers that are like on the architectural digest 100 list. You know, that's where I really thrive. And so I really try to nurture that and fixate on clients that where that will be valuable. How do you, you sound like you're getting like, like uh, higher end clients. How do you make those connections with that, those architectural digest people? Like, where do you, how do you meet those people? You mean the vendors or the clients? Everyone. Like, how do you get 
your foot in the door with all those type of people, because that's just like great networking. Yeah. I think, well, for the clients, it was getting into like open houses because I was like, I, you know, maybe don't have these relationships already. So how can I be in front of those? It was getting in high price point open houses that was single handedly. And I think open houses are the most powerful way to like build your business. You know, like we're so grateful we have them obviously during COVID was crazy, but they're back. So open houses started it all. And I think once you really take care of people, they're going to refer you. Not everyone is, but I make sure that I take such good care of my clients because it's like, you never know, you know, who their friends are, et cetera, et cetera, and who they're going to introduce you to. And then in terms of the vendors, I use cross-pollination. So if a client is using, I always ask my clients who they're using. I want to know what their perspective is on them. I want their review. And then I'm like, if they're great, will you introduce me? And I have them introduce me. And then the next client, I introduce them. And it just becomes this swap. I also am like just personally very interested in it. I happen to have friends who are in the business and I really try to nurture those relationships and help them out. And as we've been rising, you know, we kind of rise together, which is really amazing. That's good. My only friend in this industry when I started was Eric. <laughs> so didn't, uh, look at you now, didn't man. Take, didn't get me. Uh, you're speaking at forum. You're the co-host yeah. of Overash. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Didn't get me. I had to get the high end clients myself. Thanks a lot, Eric. Sorry about that, man. Did Next nothing. Time. Well, maybe yeah. I should have changed the name from broke agent to top. Not agent. so bro. Yeah. yeah to exactly. top producer. Yeah. 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 But that's, uh, that's good. I mean, like, so what's your um, average price point right now, would you say? Well, I'm just an escrow on my biggest deal ever, which is going to raise it. But let me do it really quick. How much? How much? Is this escrow? 19. 19 million. million. 19 million. Yes, million, what? Matt. <laughs> what do you think? 19,000? 19, 19 <laughs> uh, what, uh, what previous to this, what was your highest sale i think i uh i had a couple tens okay a couple tens what's it like when a 10 million dollar commission check hits the bank well the commission check's not 10 million dollars yeah, no sorry I I, that's what i mean commission, <laughs> I know, not I 10 million commission on the 10 million dollar house you idiot it's incredible because i really try to do i'm try to be very smart about my finances and so I don't plan for the big ones. I plan for more around my average. So when the big ones come, that's when you get the opportunity to make some big moves that can really help you build wealth, right? So invest in some big things. My first one, I paid off my student loans. I paid for my own education. Eric and I went to a very expensive school. Trust so, me, I know. He lets me know every other day. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I paid that off with the first one. And then the next one, I was able to like do some big investing. And so it's a great, I mean, it's an amazing feeling. That you, is awesome. Where are you yeah. spending money on in your real estate business right now? Uh, I spend a lot of money. I mean, I do a lot of gifts, a lot of events. We do do letters have been really powerful us, but for us, but very intentional letters, right? We don't just spam people. We send, we say, Hey, I did four deals on one street in 2020. So that street, I, I had so much, so many people who wanted to be on that street. I would reach out to the owners via letter quite a bit. And so we spend money on letters. I always, when I do, you know, anytime I have a listing, I definitely do just listed, just sold. Surprisingly, like I get calls where I'm like, I didn't see this online from a neighbor. The neighbor relationships are so valuable, especially one of my big things is focusing on a neighborhood. I don't believe you should 
cover big areas. I think especially in the beginning, you should start really focused and small and then grow outward because you can become such an expert when you don't have experience, right? When you're new in the business, you can't just buy years of experience or transactions, but you can become the most knowledgeable for free. So I really, that like, that's a big thing that my partner and I focus on is being just the best and knowing everyone, knowing every restaurant, knowing every school, being so involved in that community that it's very organic. So I know all the neighbors and I always send stuff and do things with them. Um, how do you get to know these neighbors? Do you invite them to the open house? Are you door knocking do, them? I know you're sending the letters, but what else are you doing face to face? Yeah, okay. all of the above. So we do a neighbors only open house, which I think is the most amazing Sorry. thing. We always invite them over prior to our first open house. We get have a coffee. We get to know them. It's so amazing. They love it. They want to see it. They want to meet each other, right? A lot of them don't even know each other. And then you also sort of declutter your open house from the neighbors. And they're so grateful. They want to know what's going on. They appreciate you including them in the process. So that's such a powerful tool that I love, love, love to do. And then we also do quite a bit of door knocking. But again, very intentional door knocking. I will only door knock if I have someone specifically for your property or if I have something very important to share with you. A neighbor's only open house sounds like a nightmare, Matt. That's like the all the people <laughs> you don't want at your open I, house initially is a bunch of nosy neighbors walking around. I have a that's confession. Gen, that's genius to do that. You do weed it out. You get yeah. to know them. And then you're yeah. not talking to a neighbor as opposed to a prospect. I, I mean, I picked up a $20 million client at a neighbor's open house so because he's a neighbor. So. But I thought you said your top sale is $19 million, so that's impossible. Well, I haven't sold him a house yet. Okay, but there you I go. There you yeah. go. Matt, what kind of things stand the test of time? Beats me, Eric. Well, I, I got a list for you right here. Twinkies, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Diamonds, The right. Beatles. Well, you could add your real estate success to that list when you partner with Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM in the game. Boomtown was built to drive sustainable long-term success, Eric, no matter yeah. the market. So if you're ready to put your best foot forward and build a real estate business that can stand the test of time, Visit Boomtown, ROI.com slash Overask. Plus, see how you can score $750 in free digital advertising now. Now that's Boomtown, ROI.com slash Overask. Pretty soon. Yeah, I actually used to do that as well, Eric. Uh, oh. Neighbor open houses on my first team. Uh, it would actually be a Friday night, and we would do a wine and cheese. Um, that's nice. Yeah, the thing is, is I feel like like Victoria, you have such a uh, you're you're such a joy to be around. It seems like when you knock on a door or when someone comes to visit you at an open house, it seems like you know. I say this all the time, Eric. We don't have that. Dude, we our voices are like kind of <laughs> kind of annoying, and like what? I don't you know. Yeah. When I, I went know. on, I remember when I went on caravan with you, and you were just talking to one of the listing agents. And I got back in the car. I remember I went back and I told Dan, I was like, I was just on caravan with Victoria. Like she has it. She just started this business. She is absolutely going to like, I knew you were going to crush it immediately. Oh I was like, you're so personable. You like ask so many questions to the listing agent. Like, like you said, zero aware. Like I had zero awareness that there was any nerves or anything going on. Like you were just exuding confidence. And I was just like, this is the perfect person to be like in a luxury real estate market in Los yeah. Angeles and oh, you know, 70 million. No, it actually didn't oh. piss me off. 
Well, yes. I wish I had your guys. Usually something like that would piss me off. Thanks. But yeah. that, well, maybe we could be a dream it. team. I know. Uh, I do. Have, yeah. Yeah. I do love people. Like that's my thing. There are a lot of aspects of this business that I think are so annoying, but um, people are not one of them. I genuinely love people. Okay. Yep. So you love people. So what do you find annoying in this business? What do you hate? I think I'm such a driver and I'm a, I'm a decision maker. And so sometimes it's very frustrating that like our success relies on other people's decision-making, you know, that can be frustrating. Um, I think when people, the lack of respect for agents, I'm a very reticent agent. I did never wanted to be in sales. I never wanted to be the person. Cause I think agents are thought of as like, so low, right. Like below, like a used car salesman. Yeah. Like even when I tell people I'm an agent, I still like cringe a little bit. But I'm like, I'm different, you know, but it's like, I'm an agent, you know, and I think that is probably my thing. It's part of it is my own shit that I just need to get over. But part of it is the, you know, so many people in this business carry themselves so poorly and don't adhere to a standard. I believe in exceeding expectations. And I set such a high standard for myself because I, I'm the agent that I would want. And I'm very, I'm a kind of a critical person by nature. So I, you know, I, it drives me crazy when agents give our business a bad name, but there's nothing we can do about that, you know, other than just do the best we can to be really good at our jobs. Yeah. It's a great litmus test being the agent that you would want. That's a mm -hmm. great way to describe that. Yeah. You, you can't uh, worry about, I mean, the things you can't control. Yeah. So, I mean, you just got to focus on what you can control. How has this the last couple of months been, I mean, you're, you're in escrow in a $19 million house. So it seems like it's been fine, but uh, has it been weird to navigate? A hundred percent. I think, you know, already it was, we were going into a funky market. We did anticipate this a little bit. I will say towards the end of 2021, I had long hours of conversation with my previous mentor where we were like, shit's going to hit the fan. Like things are going to change. This is not sustainable. Something's happening and we need to get ahead of it. So we were already going into it, which is a good and a bad thing, right? I do a ton of work, mindset work. And I think this year has been like testing my mindset to the max, you know, but I think I knew a little bit that this was going to happen. So I think I already had prepped for it too. We did do the transition in brokerages, which already I knew was going to slow me down a little bit because we had that two months of transition period. It was an incredibly emotionally difficult decision because I was so invested in my previous team and mentor. And so I knew it was going to be kind of a little bit off with that and just starting new, switching over all the technology, all the logistics of making that kind of change. And then on top of it, things just started to play out the way that they played out. So I really like made a choice. I remember after we had made the transition, we were fully over at the agency in like June, I was like, I have a choice of how I'm going to handle this shifting market, right? We're in a cyclical industry. Like this is just part of the process. This is going to happen again. So I really focused, I doubled down on mindset, like everything I could do around that. And one of my best things I think that has really worked, because I did not do this in the past. If you saw me my first year of my career, it was like, you know, just constantly hitting the ground, beating my head up against the wall because things weren't happening. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. That's just bad energy. It's not in flow. So I just said, where can I find flow in my life? Even if it's not directly in my real estate business, what can I focus on to really get some traction so that I'm in the energetic state of growth and flow and the real estate business will come. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do 
but I need to just get some wins, right? And so I really, we started kind of doing some other things that were sort of in parallel to our sales business when things were slow. And I was like, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to become a better agent. It's an opportunity to have time to do all the things that I normally couldn't do in a year like 2020 and 2021 when we were so busy. And I did that and things have fortunately worked out really well, but it's a constant process. I have what days- are those? Um, what are I, those things that are, you're in flow with? Well, we're doing right. a little bit of coaching. We're doing some, we're creating a course. You know, I think Eric, we briefly talked about it, but just, you know, my partner and I are working on a course of things where, cause so many people approach us and are like, how did you get to where you are? How do you do what you do? And first we're like, we should just shoot a little video so we don't have to say the same thing over and over again. Cause I would go on these coffees with all these people who are lovely, but I'm like, I tell them the exact same thing and some of them do it. Some of them don't. And it's a lot of my time. So that's where the idea started. And then we're like, you know, no one is really teaching things the way that I feel like I wish I had known them from the beginning. And it's definitely a slightly different approach. Yes. There's the prospecting, but it's also a lot of mindset and a lot of like, how do you position yourself intentionally to be where you want to be in five years? Um, so we started working on that. We did, we've done a couple groups through and it's been, that's been really powerful to like help someone else and sort of revisit our careers in that way. The coaching aspect, Matt, that's, that's something that, I mean, we, we like, we did a funny real estate course that, I mean, we never actually promoted it, but it's with Byron and Matt's like acting it out. And I did social media stuff and we literally never promoted it. Um, but I feel like a lot of agents get into kind of the courses or teaching that sometimes it pulls them away from your business, from your actual real estate business. But I like where you're coming from it, where it's like, I could actually control this. Yeah. So I'm going to do this kind of maybe not on the back burner, but in parallel with your actual real estate business. But yeah, like that's how I always felt in real estate too, is like, because I had no control over anything. The only thing I controlled was like working out. And going mm-hmm. to the gym like mm-hmm. that was the only thing that was like consistent for me matt what about you anything that you control consistently me yeah you yeah i control everything consistently <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i'm uh no i i mean i i'm big big like very big on mindset a lot of people don't know this but i'm like i journal every night uh, i'm very big into like the law of attraction and things like that um and i truly believe everything that has happened to me i've like, I, I mean, I've literally written it down for the past two years. So yeah. like, it's crazy to watch it unfold. And it just goes back to more of the stuff. Like I really got in the mindset of like control what you can control, like what you can't control. I, there's no reason for me to even bat an eye at that. Yeah. And that's helped me a lot because I have tons of anxiety too. And especially when like things like that come up, you, you get like super anxious and there's literally at that moment, nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm a a very anxious person too. the fear of like the economy. I I have a mindset coach and I kept being like, I'm just so fearful of this economy. And it's like, it's crazy, right? It's so far out of my control. So I can't let this capture me. But one thing I learned, it was like, actually feel that fear. Cause I think a lot of like anxiety stuff is running away from those feelings. When I just sat and I was like, I want to physically embrace how terrified I am of like something crazy happening. You can't, I learned that you can't feel the full expression of a feeling for longer than 90 seconds. So if you are in full fear, full anger, whatever, you can't hold it. It's just feelings are meant to pass through us. But the problem is we never let them. 
So if you just let that, that fear, I would be on like my morning walk and I would just feel it and let it pass through. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm fine. Let's move on with our day. You know, and that helped me so much. TCU kicked a last second field goal this weekend. And I'm pretty sure I felt extreme (laughs) anger for longer than 90 seconds. I got to say it was at least nine hours that entire day. But but were you expressing it? You didn't probably ever fully like scream. That's very true. Most of the fear is, is before you even experience the fear. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once you actually experience it, it's like, oh, that's actually not as bad, but all the anxiety is before it actually happens. Yeah. It's not correlated to actual danger, right? Like those don't have a direct correlation. We think they do, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. The fear is healthy for real estate. Like I think that anxiety and fear of, especially not knowing the answer to something, either you're just going to keep scaring yourself and never find out that answer and avoid conversation altogether, or you're going to do what you did and be extra diligent about finding all that information to combat that fear. Because there's a ton of agents who also don't give a crap about any of this, right? Yeah. So like they don't have that fear of, oh, if my client asks me something that I don't know anything, those are the ones that are actually going to keep giving real estate agents a bad name because they don't have that kind of sixth sense of, I have to get this right, not just because I want to look like an idiot, because it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. There's bad people. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. You're right. We're not bad people. No, we're good people. <laughs> yeah. We're Imagine fantastic. not being a good person. It would be, be so, so weird to not, it would be, it would, it's, it feels like so hard to not be a good person. I know. Are you aware though, that you're not a good person or do you just like not even have that awareness or do you just, are you asking care? me, asking no, us personally no, or no, I'm just, oh, okay. Yeah. Like in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder that's, it's odd. Like if you're just, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be very odd to like, I think I'm a very nice person. Um, and I think you both are very nice people. Eric is <laughs> shockingly nice. You you almost yeah. don't think he's going to be as yeah. nice as he is, but totally. he's actually a, a very. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't no. know. It's just like I don't know. It's just something about your face. You kind of look like you can be a bit of a an ass. <laughs> yeah. And then you really get to know you're really uh, like, really you're lovely nice. human you're just being. Such I, a joy. I'm really really right, glad exactly. I know Eric. Uh, I know we give him shit all the time, but. Uh, <laughs> We went to Nate and Al's in Beverly Hills, and it was just we a did, fantastic on time on Monday or Tuesday or whenever we were That's there. That's amazing. I'm yeah, just was... so proud of you, Eric. Like, literally, this is just wow. so incredible. Thank I mean, you. I literally knew Eric when he was like 14. Before yeah. he was famous. Yeah. And I just, I'm so proud. I'm like, I know the broke agent guy. Like, it's and just I'm, the best. I'm proud of you too. Like I said, from, from that initial caravan day to, you know, being in a $19 million escrow. That's yeah. crazy. And <laughs> yeah. you manifested this entire thing too. So exactly. it's really cool yeah. to, to, you know, talk to you from this lens through a podcast, which is crazy. Yeah. Instead of yeah. just like seeing you in Coronado with like Ashton and my friends. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> crazy. I'm super uh, proud of myself too. Yeah, we're proud of you too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to get I want to get in one more thing. Um, just in your first few years, because we get a lot of people asking, like, you know, you gotta have new agents on or newer agents and see like how they navigate this business. Working with friends initially, mm. did you enjoy doing it? Did you reach out to them? What was your communication and feeling with friends like? I was very scared of working with friends. I think one thing that was good is when I first got in the business, none of my friends were really buying. Um, I had one friend, God bless them. They were like the first people. They trusted me immediately. They were like, we're going to work with you. Um, And they're still my clients today. But most of my friends, I didn't reach out to them. I sort of let things, I wanted to prove myself. 
I'm very hard on myself. So I was like, I want to prove myself and that I'm going to be doing this because I had had a little bit of a winding career path. And I'm sure when I got into real estate, people were like, is she going to really do this? Is this going to be like a thing? And so I was like, I want to let my results speak for themselves. And I like to be more of like the quiet underdog role. And then once I think I started succeeding, I think people saw it and it's been very easy since then. And now I'm much more confident being like, yeah, like introduce me, let's do this. You know, I still never pressure anyone. I never, I'm very careful with friendships. If they want to use me amazing, most of them do. If they don't, no problem. You know, like, yeah. I love that route. That's kind of a similar route that I did. I just, I mean, I actually worked with friends initially, but it wasn't ever because I was reaching out to them. It was because Mm -hmm. they all happened to be buying condos at the same time. But that's such a classy way to go about it because there's the reverse of that is you get your license, you reach out to all your friends nonstop and you basically guilt them into working with you. You're like, hey, I have my real estate license now. Yeah. And there, there is that stigma too, where when you get your real estate license, you do feel like all of your friends are judging you immediately. Because that's mm-hmm. what we do. When someone else gets their real estate license after they've had a couple careers, which is every realtor, yeah. like most people don't <laughs> actually just start out as a realtor. Everyone does think that exact same thing. Like, okay, is this for real? Is this just like a quick money grab? Do they know someone that's like going to list a house mm-hmm. for a few million dollars? Like what angle is this person taking? It just, it rubs everybody the wrong way. So I, I like that route you took. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good uh, way to go about it. I, uh, another confession another confession (laughs) i'm just thinking about about friends well no so when i got into the business my good friend's parents let me like list their house never sold it it was mortifying yeah it's mortifying but they came to me they came to me and i was like guys i don't know what i'm doing and uh they let me and uh, they're probably going to be listening it again soon with me again because they're that nice. That same house. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and you're you're a different man. I'm now a different yeah, man you know now. now. Yeah, your power levels have increased dramatically. Since yes. Yeah. That first experience. Yeah, but it was mortifying, and you know that first time, like your first listing, think about not selling it and just being feeling like such a piece of shit and feeling yeah. like, oh well, I maybe I just can't do this at all. Like. Yeah. You know, because everyone around you is like selling and then you're like, damn. You think that working with your friends would be epic. You're like, oh, this is awesome. We'll grab a drink. We'll go yeah. uh, see a bunch of houses together. Like, you know, we talk all the time anyway. But I've said this before on this podcast. It completely flips your relationship totally. from friendly to professional to where mm-hmm. getting that call from your friend becomes an anxiety ridden contact as yeah. opposed to like, oh, this person's going to hit me up to go like watch football or something. It's like, no, this person has a question that I might not have the answer to. Yeah. yeah it's such a double-edged sword. Cause I want, obviously I want, if they want to work with me, I want to work with them, but I agree. It's kind of my worst nightmare to be honest, because there's, it's so layered. And I feel like something I'm working on is when I am working with friends to like be a hundred percent, my professional self. I feel like the, when I look back at the deals I've done with friends, I wish sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't hold back because they're my friend. And I felt like I couldn't say something to them, but if they had been a client, I would have, and I would have probably saved both of us some trouble, but that's, that's one of my biggest lessons. And now what I'm running into is my previous clients are becoming my friends. And now on the next round, you have a different relationship, right? If you, so it's like, that's a tricky situation too, that, you know, it's, we're always dealing with, but. Yeah. yeah. But that uh, house I didn't sell, 
got a client have done four transactions with him since on that first open house. Isn't that crazy? Wow. He, he nice. just rented my kitchen. That's amazing. We're, we're great friends. We're not so, great sometimes friends. a good thing. If you have a listing sit for a while, you get to sit a bunch of open houses <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. meet I a bunch find, of people. I find for friends and family, buying isn't as bad. Like to buy, to help them buy something, yeah. it's to list. Like yes. to list their properties where I get all the anxiety. Yeah, I prefer, I honestly kind of might prefer working with buyers. I do both, but I don't know. There's, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys prefer? It's, um, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I feel like they're, the stakes are way higher with the listings, like sellers. I mean, because they've hired you to do a job and get the, get the most money. Like buyers, yeah, I think it's a little more. Well, the market we just came out of, it wasn't, it was a pain in the ass because we, I mean, here at least it was like things were going two, three, four hundred thousand dollars over ask. And it was just like, there's nothing we could do. And then yeah. they start yeah. blaming you once you, you know, don't get the fourth or the fifth house. So that's when it starts getting like mm-hmm. dicey. But yeah, in general, I, I, I do like working with buyers, I guess to an extent, unless they want to see like 7,000 houses. <laughs> I feel like there's less guilt with buyers. Like if you have a listing that's sitting and it's your friend's listing, or your client's listing, you're thinking about that nonstop from the buyer perspective. Yeah. Like you can only send so many houses and if they're not writing offers that are higher enough, that are high enough to get yeah. that property, it's not really your fault. I mean, obviously you're providing that guidance, but for me, the list side, even though like that's where your power comes from, that's where your leverage comes from. That's how you meet more clients. It's obviously better for your business. You control the pricing and everything on it. Yeah. It was just like more anxiety about that of, okay, this is my listing. I have to go open up the place. I have to show it properly. I have to be concerned about whether the seller is listening to all my conversations. I have to provide the updates as opposed to the buy side. It's like, let's go check out this house. Do you like it? No. All right, let's move on. Yeah. So. Buying, I can earn their confidence so much easier I find because I'm, I'm like a mat. I'm a comp artist. I can do mm. comps like crazy. I like, oh I'll gosh. be like, this is going to sell at 935 and they'll be like, no, we'll do 920. It'll sell like 935, 940. I'm like, I told you guys, like, I'm like, I'm always within like five to 10,000. Wow. Like, really good. You should teach a class on that. Do you know that no class on that exists? That's part of yeah, why we're doing our course. It's crazy. The comp artist. Yeah. Comp it's like the pickup know, artist, like, except you just, <laughs> just send agent that, detail reports artist. to people. I, you should do that. I would take that class. Yeah. I'm good at comps. I, I don't know what it is. Like there's, Actually learned some shit at Keller Williams when I first started there because they have all the te- the coaching <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was shit I never thought. But in the back of my mind, I guess maybe I still do that. Um, but yeah, I'm really good at it. And then I earn their trust like very fast because they'll see like the first or second time. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, he's kind of like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I love doing that too because I, I, I'm like silly, you know, everyone yeah. thinks I'm just like some silly guy. And then I can like really <laughs> bring the house down with some knowledge once I catch them in my web <laughs> that's the knowledge be- if you <laughs> actually get like a price right that's such a good feeling but like it's even worse if you're in a specific neighborhood that you should know and they're like hey what do you think this house would sell for or something like that and then you just throw out a number because you have no idea and you're like a million and a half dollars off, off and you just look like an good idiot God. also people think that agents can just guess the price of like yeah. any property so even if you're not like say I'm in Arizona as opposed to Los Angeles or I'm in Hawaii or something <laughs> and someone asked me the price, like how the hell would I even know the answer to that? Yeah, I know. Exactly. 
It's like we have some like... sixth sense about that. It's just yeah. like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the average price per I square get that foot all in, the time. on a poly I get beach. that all the time. It's so annoying. That's so like, funny. Yeah, what do you think it's worth? I'm like, I've literally never stepped foot in it. I don't even know, know what city you live in. Yeah. It's like, I don't yeah, have three bed, access here. Three, three bed, four bath. What do you think? Yeah, 1989. I know it was built in 1989. That's all. Yeah. It literally takes me hours to do cops. I'm like, I just want you to know I'm going to work on this for a few hours because people will just casually be like, I'm like, no, no, no. Do you really want to know? Because I will do a full analysis, but it's not going to be quick. Yeah, right. I I just did a post about that saying like it takes a couple hours to do a comparative market market analysis. And then Ricky Carruth came in or someone came in. It was just like it shouldn't take more than 15 minutes to do a CMA if you're a seasoned agent. I'm like, dude, no, that's bullshit. I disagree. Yeah, yeah like if you're Ricky sending Carruth. like 10, 15 properties, you're organizing it correctly. You're crafting the email that you're sending to them, <laughs> explaining each property. Like, you know what, yeah, that Ricky Carruth, get, get my camera here, Ricky. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with you until right now, but you're kind of starting to seem like a little bit of a shark who's just swimming underwater, just waiting for someone to say something you don't like, and then you pop up. He's content and then mining. Just... He's he's comment mining. Every single post that I do, Ricky Carruth, immediately, he like he refutes whatever meme I did. It's like, clearly this is, I just want to respond to him like, dude, it's a, it's a meme. It's a joke. It's a, yeah. it's a like, joke. I'm not actually saying this is what agents should do, because I'll say something like, you know, when you're sitting on, in an Ricky. open house and you're bored and you're doing nothing. And Ricky, like, we like you. No we agent, like you. No agent should do nothing. Agents should take the three hours and spend time prospecting. It's just like, dude, we know. Like, you're just, you're, you're commenting so you could get followers from these comments. Yes. It's a oh smart move God. on his part. I mean, that's what we preach. That's what we tell people. It is to do. a smart move on but, his part. <laughs> and he's and he's and writing Ricky, things that are smart too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He is a smart guy. Ricky, we like you, but we'll just, you know, Correct. back off a little bit. We okay? should have a combat with Ricky. I guarantee you it doesn't take 15 <laughs> Actually, minutes. And I guarantee you my comps are better. I will do a comp off with Ricky. Oh my gosh. Ricky Caruth, did you hear that? A comp off with a Victoria. Off. We we did a debate with Ricky on free versus paid coaching with Byron. So I'm sure he'd be yeah. down for another debate. That'd be hilarious. I would uh, I would comp off anybody. I, I feel like comp I'm really anyone. good at. I, I I feel like I'm really good at comps. Yeah. Like, uh, but I feel I feel like if I do a comp off, I'll get nervous and then I'll like be off by like 100k. <laughs> you'll, send, you'll send a property that's so out of the price range. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, um, well, that's awesome, Victoria. Congrats on uh, joining the agency. Thank you. Greatest, you know, bias a little bit, but greatest brokerage in the world, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and you're with Santi and all the mindset stuff you're talking about seems like the perfect fit for you because Santi's, I mean, he did a whole talk on that uh, last mindset week, king. which is incredible. He's a mindset king. And uh, it's just awesome to be surrounded by such incredible people, but everyone is successful in such different ways. That's what I love about our brokerage. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, culture wise, it's also just so fun and such a stark culture to, I mean, everyone is different, right? And I haven't been at that many brokerages, but I think that was super exciting to us and just being around people whose businesses mimic what we wanted. So it's yeah. been cool. Yeah. Any Surround yourself. Yeah. Any parting words, mindset wisdom for agents for the next couple of months? We're about to enter a pretty bad down period or yeah. at least a, a lazy period here where you have Thanksgiving through the new year where maybe not much action happens. So any, any parting words? Yeah. I mean, I think these are the, these are the moments where you get to exceed expectations, right? And it doesn't take very much. That's the thing. It's not, no one's asking you to grind through the holidays, but look for little opportunities where you can stand out, where you can, you know, maybe work 
not your full days, but like step in and do something cool for a client or be on top of properties. I always like to pull everything that's been sitting this time of year for 100, 200 days on the market and call those agents and be like, is there a deal, right? So I think it's it's really such little action that you can take to exceed what the status quo is doing. Like these are the moments to do that that are going to make you leap and bound over everyone else. I got to say one more thing about Victoria, Matt. She would call me and be like, hey, do you have a buyer for this property? And I'd always be like, why the hell is she calling me? She, does, she should know at this point I don't have yeah. a buyer for this property because I'm doing do all this. Do you still call them? Or have you passed that? You, got, you called me like three yeah. or four months ago, I think. Because and I appreciate it. Victoria, really do you think he had a do. think he had a nineteen million dollar buyer in his pocket? <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> possible I had a friend that was interested in a property, but that right. that diligence of calling other agents is so smart that you do that. Just I mean, I, I assume I was not the only person you were no, calling. No, no, I called, called 100 people. Yeah, you just—you'd be shocked. We all get busy. There's been so many times where a property—I've missed a property, and I'm pretty on it, right? And so, four days will go by, and I haven't seen it, or a week or two, or you're like, "How did I miss that?" That happens to agents. We're humans, so it's just like going out of your way and just being able to tell your client, "Like I did X, Y, and Z to make sure that this got sold." Yeah, love it. Yeah, I love that. Congrats on all your success, Victoria. That's awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah, you're going to just uh, keep growing. You're going to become a comp master. Well, you are a comp master, but you're going to cut that in half, though, that in three half. hours, ten hour and a half. Yeah, and a then you're gonna- three hours is a little long. Actually. <laughs> three hours is a little long. I've gotten faster. I've gotten faster. Yeah. But I'm yeah, so okay. grateful, you guys. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Of course.